0: So right now, season ends today, Jokic is your MVP. And I don't think there's much, oh, Jokic is your MVP. Hey everybody and welcome to episode two of Burners and Basketball. I am your host, Molly Morrison, made in Memphis. And I'm here with my co-host, Adam Aronson. Adam, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good, Molly. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm ready to get into this discussion. I'm excited about it. Um, Adam and I have been talking these past few days and, you know, just talking hoops, all of the good stuff. And we just can't stop going back to this MVP conversation. Um, Adam, what makes this MVP conversation so special that we decided to devote pretty much an entire episode to it?
1: Uh, really, the, I mean, the field is so wide open, and and we're more than halfway through the season. We're past the All Star break, and it seems like people still really have no idea who's going to win the MVP. Uh, for a while, people thought it was Joel Embiid, but he's missing time, so we'll see if you know he ends up out for too long. Then it went towards LeBron, but now he's hurt. Uh, Nikola Jokic is is probably the front runner, uh, just in terms of their odds at this point, but. Uh, the race doesn't stop there. There, I mean, you know, Giannis is the two-time MVP for a reason. James Harden's been great in Brooklyn, and there are other players who we're going to touch on that have had MVP caliber seasons. And so uh, to have a field this crowded so late into the season is pretty unique.
0: It really is fascinating and exciting because you can make a genuine case for every single one of these players. And I, I mean, my mind keeps going back and forth to the point where... I'm going into this and I changed my mind from yesterday to who I think it should be. So, I mean, I just think it'll be cool to like be able to sit down. Okay. These are our guys really talk about each one and figure out We it's by the end of this, we hope to come to a consensus about who, who our MVP is. Um, okay. Let's get started. Adam, give me, before this conversation, give me your top two, starting with number one and going into number two.
1: Okay, so I hope my Sixers followers who maybe listened to the first episode are not listening right now. Because at number one, as of now, I would put Nikola Jokic, who you could argue that on a per game basis, Joel Embiid has been the better player. And I probably would argue that. Uh, but there is something to be said for for Jokic. Uh, you know, playing as often as he does versus someone like Embiid, where he misses a lot of time. And even if You know, in a single game, uh, Embiid might give you more over the the course of the entire season. uh, I think Jokic's numbers are just too good to top right now. Uh, He's averaging 27 points, over 11 rebounds, almost nine assists. Uh, I mean, he's a center and he's damn near averaging a triple-double. It's pretty insane the year that he's having.
0: I mean, that to me, when I'm looking over the numbers this morning, I could not stop going back to him being sixth in the league right now in assists. He is a center and he has these numbers. I looked it up and he if he finishes this season leading the NBA in assists, he'll be the first center to do it since Wilt Chamberlain in 1967-68. First of all, I don't think Wilt Chamberlain exists. We can That's a conversation <laughs> That's, a, that's for another now.
1: discussion for another time.
0: I genuinely I genuinely don't think he exists. Show me evidence that he that he existed and then we can talk because in my mind he just didn't.
1: But yeah, this is probably a story for after the podcast, but I have actually like family ties to Will Chamberlain.
0: No, you uh, don't. So
1: I can confirm that he's real.
0: Okay. We're well, not we- like
1: we're not related or something, obviously. Uh I definitely did not get the Wilt Chamberlain genes, but uh, Yeah, I don't think you <laughs> but I do know for sure that he exists.
0: Sixers Adam is Wilt Chamberlain's long lost. Long lost relative. You heard right. it here first.
1: Yep, Can related you, okay. by blood.
0: Okay, but you you can't just bring that. You can't just casually bring that in and expect us to just jump to the next subject. I I think I need like a thirty second context to that. The
1: the very short explanation is that I have family who at one time were very very close with Will Chamberlain. Uh, so he was kind of an honorary member of the family of some of my uh, you know some of my ancestors, if you will
0: if you will. And he does exist.
1: He does exist. That is the one thing I can 100% confirm. I can't confirm (laughs) he scored 100 points in a game. I can't back up all the stats, but he did exist.
0: Okay. Okay. Good to know. So Jokic is doing things that like, just don't make sense. And to me, right now, he's your guy. He's number one, simply because it comes down to, they've won eight out of their last nine. It's so close that you have to look at wins so carefully more than you typically would. Because by the end, like these next few weeks, team wins are really going to be what's primarily guiding these guys. So so in second place, I have Jokic at at first. Who's your second place? I want to hear that first.
1: My second place for now is still Joel Embiid, who... Uh, despite you know playing a lot less than most of the MVP candidates, has just been so ridiculously good whenever he's on the floor. When you watch someone dominate the way he has in person, uh, it really leaves a lasting effect. The, the stuff that he's doing on both ends, but especially offensively, uh, it's just flat-out ridiculous.
0: Okay. I love Joel, and I'm saying this because of his health right now, right? I'm saying this because he's been out. But this is something that I never saw myself saying in a million years. Was not a fan of this guy. You know who I'm gonna say, Adam. I'm in fact, I I would go as far to call myself a, a bit of a hater. Wow. I'm gonna give it to number two right now to James Harden. Love it. Wow. Okay, so this is big for me. Um I feel like I need to. to to release a former apology to my followers who have enjoyed my James Harden slander for years. But here's the thing. We are watching James Harden enjoy playing basketball for the first time in so long. This is a guy who was starting to get lazy and you know, he was just, I've noticed a, a significant difference watching him actually attempt like to create rather than to draw the foul. Would you say you've noticed a little bit of a difference there? Since yeah,
1: been- I mean, I think I think when you watch the Nets, it's just clear that he's having fun playing basketball.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, and I mean, not only was he not having fun the last couple of years in Houston, but he was actively miserable.
0: Okay. Uh, okay.
1: So, to, so to take him from a place where he was really fed up and throw him into you know onto this team with two other superstars, all these great role players. Adam, Uh, Adam,
0: I need to finish my thought because it sounds like I'm saying that James Harden should be second place for MVP because he's having the most fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, listen, it's obviously more than fun. Uh, You know, since he's been, I I think he's played 28 or 30 games with the Nets now. Uh, And he's almost averaging a triple double in that time. He's leading the league in assists for the entire year now. I think he's having over 11 a game uh, since joining the Nets, which is a pretty ridiculous number. Uh, I can't really argue with you because he's been just so good.
0: He's been so good and he's been so good without Kevin Durant, which is just sort of absurd. I mean, he has so many shooters around him. I mean, he has Kyrie, whatnot. But I just think that for him to go to a team and just kind of instantly make them, a team that was already somewhat set up and just instantly make them sort of unbeatable with the numbers that he's been having, you know what I mean? Like he's been someone who's always kind of in the back of the conversation because, Oh my God, look at his numbers. But so now he has these numbers and in the past it's been, well, what is he accomplishing, you know, but look what he's accomplishing. And then that's where I think it goes, it goes down to how these next few weeks play out. Right. Yep.
1: Totally. It's going to, it's going to be fun to, you know, down the stretch, To the season watching all these guys trying to one up each other because usually by the time it's late in the season we kind of know who the MVP is it's you know the last couple of years we've known it's going to be honest if we head into the last you know month of the season and all these teams are fighting for playoff seating and we have no idea who's going to win the MVP and then we just start getting nights where Joel Embiid scores 40 points and then James Harden gives dishes 20 assists uh it's just going to be an unbelievable race and that's why I'm You know, of course, I wish nobody had to get injured for it to happen. But I'm happy it's such an open race right now uh, because we really haven't had that kind of a uh, that kind of an environment in a long time.
0: But here's the thing. You mentioned injuries and it's coming down so weirdly to I already stated the team records and who's winning. But it also is coming down to injuries, not just for the players in the race, but the players that they're around. I can think of two cases where. An injured player is going to significantly change things, right? So, with AD being injured, the Lakers haven't been winning as much. Um, and then you go to someone else who we actually haven't talked about yet. I think we named, we mentioned his name. We ha- we got to give some credit to Damian Lillard because, I mean, wow! But CJ McCollum, I think, just came back, right? Yep. So, right now, Dame is probably at the bottom of the list in terms of these guys. But what if? With CJ back, they just they go, they finish the season crazy while he's putting up these. I mean, he's averaging more points than maybe any of them.
1: Uh I think I think Lillard is second in the league in points per game. I think he's behind Bradley Beal.
0: Yeah. So, but I mean any of those candidates. So if they go out and finish the season really strong, that can happen. Um, LeBron just got hurt, but we know what he's capable of, right? So he, and he's LeBron. So, like, how long is he going to be out with this with this ankle injury? So he comes back, AD comes back, they play the way that they can play. It's going to come down to the literally the last few weeks of the season and who finishes strong.
1: Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And that's gonna, you know, like I was just saying, that's such a fun atmosphere as far as you know, the entire league goes, where every night you're gonna turn on a league pass and see one of these guys showing why they should be the MVP. Yeah. Uh, it's just a really exciting concept that we haven't had in so long of, you know, legitimately, you know, I think we have six guys listed as uh real MVP candidates and there are probably a few more who could have a case as well.
0: So in terms of Giannis, um, it's weird because we've seen already kind of what's happened to LeBron happened to him and that, people are starting to want to count him out because what he does is becoming very expected from him and i think that's sort of absurd that we're looking at what he's doing this season and saying well i mean he got it the last two seasons but he is nearing the point where he does need to win something i think um but i also think that it's a regular season award right. and i don't like seeing people get bored of Giannis because the truth is he's just that good. So we're talking about six guys right now, but last season we were talking about one. Yep. Was there any doubt in your mind that he was last season's
1: MVP? No, he, he not only won MVP, won defensive player of the year, uh, and had an incredible season. And that's, uh, I kind of expected that at some point there would be like the fatigue you're talking about with just doing the same thing over and over. And you're right. It's exactly what has happened to LeBron. Uh, And the reason why a lot of people want LeBron to win it this year, because he probably deserved, deserved it more in the past than he was given credit for.
0: He did, but it it, it comes down. I love how I'm going to compare these because as if they're the same person, same scenario, but it's, it's a little similar to the Mike Conley All-Star nod, in my opinion. Yeah. It's more of a
1: lifetime achievement award more, than anything else.
0: But on just this, this pedestal because, or blown up, because it's LeBron. And I am a huge LeBron James fan. I mean, he's he's like my goad. He, he grew up. He's been the greatest. He's one of the reasons I got into basketball in the first place, Um, back when he was on the Heat. um. So, like, one of my early basketball memories is literally the the decision, which people listening are going to be like, what? I was literally 30 years old when
1: that happened. Yeah, people are going to be so mad when we talk. I know. If we said how old we were when the decision happened, I think, like, many people are just going to immediately turn off the podcast. They're going to
0: turn this off. But, hey, before you go, don't forget to rate and and leave a review. Actually, no, we shouldn't tell them to do that when they're mad at us. But I just, I remember it was, like, nearing bedtime, and I'm standing in front of the TV in my pajamas watching the decision. So there you go. Um I don't know if that ruined your perception of us, but just just try not to let it. We're representing Gen Z here, whether yeah. you like it or not. Whether you like it or we're not, we're coming millennial. for you.
1: Yeah, we're coming for you.
0: I love okay, this is a little side note, but I love this like weird millennial Gen Z like rivalry that's It's starting very to odd. Happen. It's, it's very, very odd. odd. But back to God, that conversation branched out completely. It started with Giannis. People are st- already starting to get sick of Giannis. And the thing is, they're probably Adam. You has LeBron deserved MVP in a recent season that he wasn't awarded it.
1: Uh, I think Giannis deserved it both times he got it. I think James Harden deserved it when he got it. I think Steph deserved it when he got it twice. Uh, so it's of- so it's hard to figure out. It's it's just weird because. LeBron, like, of course, is an MVP caliber player, but part of what makes him great is that he's just kind of steady. And it's not like someone like Giannis, who may have, you know, two or three seasons at an MVP level and then kind of go back down to just being like a star. LeBron is just always in the running. But there are guys who who have their, you know, career year and that often makes them more valuable. And like you said, it's a regular season award. So If we were doing it after the playoffs, I think LeBron would get it many more times than he has so far. Uh, But it is a regular season award. You know, the voting happens before the playoffs start. It's not about, you know, I think we would all agree if we need one player to win one big game, it's LeBron. But that's not what the MVP award is necessarily for.
0: It's so weird because I feel like we're all guilty to an extent of sometimes getting... Not bored, but taking greatness for granted in a sense, with these guys that have just, like you say, LeBron is just such a sure bet, right? Like he's it's he's not going to have, oh my God. Have you been seeing what LeBron's doing lately because he's LeBron. And that's right. so unique. Like if have you been seeing Dame's been averaging forty seven points, but no, that's not true. But like, you know, yeah. like we're going to talk about these individual performances, but with him, it's just so steady and so expected. And then at the yeah. same time it's like imagine basketball without him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean we, you know, like we can't imagine basketball without him because he's been yeah, in the NBA yeah. since you were what? 3 years old.
0: Don't act like I'm the baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you weren't even uh, born yet. And I was I I was certainly born but but uh it was soon after. And, and yeah, I mean it you know he was place with the, the you know, higher expectations than any athlete I've ever seen. And somehow he was actually better than people thought he would be. Uh, it's And like you said, just like, it's such a sure bet. It's kind of like Tom Brady at this point. You yeah. just know somehow Tom Brady is going to end up winning the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and Le- And with LeBron, it's like, yeah, he's going to end up in the NBA finals and be the best player on the court. And now he's, you know, 36 or 37 and He's still doing it. And the thing is, you know, the MVP is not an award that is supposed to recognize that, that the MVP is just who's been the most valuable to their team this season. And I don't think that that's been him, which is not at all like, you know, a shot at LeBron. Obviously he's still incredible. And if I needed someone in a playoff game, I would take him. But you again, that's Iguodala? not really that. <laughs> no, I would not take Iguodala. Uh No, Uh yeah. LeBron Le- would
0: take Iguodala if it was a finals game.
1: Le- well, LeBron would block Iguodala.
0: Exactly. Boom. Uh, yeah. podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> we we gotta clip mic. that. That's that's how the sto- the show starts. Every show. LeBron yeah. would block Iguodala. We just start,
1: yeah, we just start making jokes about LeBron.
0: I liked that little spiel you just went on because it is nice every so often to just take a second and reflect on. I love what you said about how it's kind of just a sure thing that he will be in the finals and he will be the best player on the court. Hashtag wash King. Yeah. (laughs) But he's, his numbers and the fact that AD has been out, have hurt his case, but he's so dominant and, and does have this weird advantage in the disadvantage that people like to count him out. Um, And now it's become sort of a thing, you know, like, Oh, Let's add LeBron to the conversation. Why have we been ignoring LeBron? So right now, season ends today. Jokic is your MVP. And I don't think there's much... Oh, Jokic is your MVP.
1: Yeah, I think he he just has to be at this point.
0: He does, but I... So I started the season saying... Well, not literally the first day of the season, but my first opinion on it was Jokic. But Joel, I remember tweeting, like, I hate to say this, exposing myself. <laughs> I was like, Jokic is, is going to be your MVP. And I honestly don't see that changing. But it changed for me in a matter of weeks. I saw, like you said, I mean, Joel's consistency, what he does out there, just the way that he's a big man who can just kind of do everything. I mean, his shooting to me is like one of my favorite things because he'll pull up this like, This like jump shot that you just don't think you never see from a guy (laughs) of his size is going to make, and it just looks like like, it. You just know it's going in, but it looks like there's no way it's going in. It it does come down to most valuable player, and he just his value is sort of unreal, but also Jokic is value to the is sort of a real. I don't know. I keep. I don't want to like give someone more flowers than someone else because they're all just so good, and I, I just, I think they should all. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is what's so cool about this race. Like I was saying before, is like you know there are probably five or six guys where if you said this is my MVP, it would be like okay, why don't you try to explain why? Like that seems like reasonable, and you could argue that. Uh, In the past, it's been you know two or three guys at most, Uh, and some years it's really just one guy the whole way. To have Embiid, Jokic, Harden, all and you know all these other guys we've discussed, all like simultaneously having MVP caliber seasons, but none of them being able to separate themselves from the pack, uh, yeah. is is to me the most exciting part about the second half of the season now that it's underway.
0: Yeah, is how this
1: MVP race is going to play out.
0: You mean the most exciting part isn't Justice Winslow's return to basketball? <laughs> the I'm
1: most exciting involved. part is actually Jaron Jackson Jr.'s return to basketball. Okay,
0: don't even say that. Don't even curse. I I this is a conversation. We have to have a list of things we can't talk about, things we can't mention, and that that's at the top of the list. You know, NBA fans also just like love like a storyline. Like everyone loves a storyline. I mean, it's part of the reason I fell in love with sports, right? Like just so I could see a storyline leading someone to be the MVP, right? Couldn't you just, LeBron coming back from his injury dramatically and just having something to prove and just completely shutting down the rest of the season, shutting down everyone, especially with AD back or even Joel coming back. um, Just, I feel like in a weird way, the injuries are just pausing it. But it's going to give them a little bit of an edge once they come back, because people love the idea of like the comeback story. You know what I mean? Um, yeah.
1: So yeah, people love the thing. Yeah, and that should help be too if he comes back from his injury and then looks just as good as he did before. I mean, I, I've said it a few times already, but that's what makes this season so unique and so Say much it again. fun. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just it really is so exciting that we have absolutely no clue who's going to win MVP. And it's March 21st.
0: And something I also think is exciting is like the rise of the Eastern conference team. Just seeing these Eastern conference teams become maybe more interesting than some of these top West teams. Um, I mean, you're a fan of one of them. So what is, so are y'all are the Sixers number one in the standings right now?
1: Right now they are the one seed. Yeah.
0: They're the one seed. But I mean, you have, just a few teams that are so good, and and I love also the the East, the big men in the East. I think that's such an interesting storyline. Uh,
1: the the East playoffs are going to be really fun. Uh, yeah. but, I mean between the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Nets, those are three very 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 good teams. Yeah, and one of them is going to be out after the second round. Uh, right,
0: that's and, so you weird. Know, the
1: the two seed versus three seed matchup in the second round is going to be a bloodbath, and. True. That's why it's, you know, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but that's why it's so important for the Sixers to try to get the number one seed so that they don't have oh. to play Brooklyn or Milwaukee until the conference finals.
0: Oh, I can't wait for the
1: playoffs. Oh my goodness.
0: So and then there's a guy like Luca. We're just going to give some quick shout outs to um, two other guys that we discussed before. Well, I mean, we have, there's so many guys that deserve shout outs, but someone like Luca it's weird because his numbers say MVP, right? Like you look at his numbers and even watch him, but he he's too young to just be in the conversation. You know what I mean? And he's, he's not winning.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you said, he has, he has some MVP numbers, but uh, Dallas at the time that we're recording, this is 21 and 19. And that's right. just, right. you know, even as someone who, who thinks that, You know, your team's win loss record is sometimes overrated in these discussions. Mm -hmm. Uh, 21 and 19 is just not good enough. Yeah. Uh, When we're talking about a field as stacked as this one.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then I want to bring up a player that Adam's really excited to talk about. Yes, Um, I am. Because here's another guy that I turned from a hater to a fan of. And maybe I sort of um, discredited a little bit in my head. I want to talk about Chris Paul. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay, Adam, go ahead. I'll just I'll just sit back and listen.
1: Yeah, I mean I love Chris Paul more than anyone in the universe. Uh he is he is my more annoying, than your favorite parents? player. I will I love I love my family, <laughs> but it's like my family and yeah, then Chris Paul. <laughs> Paul and then Joel Embiid and, and then my friends. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Chris Paul's been my favorite player for a very long time. Uh he he's just brilliant, and it's really cool to see that someone who's 35 about to turn 36 is like pretty much just as good as he always was in his prime because so much of what he does is because he's really smart and patient. And it's not, you know, some, you know, it's not like, you know, who puts a random example, like Zach Levine who is so athletic that he can get to the rim and dunk on people and stuff. Chris Paul is doing it with his mind for the most part. And, you know, the sons were, like not a playoff team last year. And then they trade for Chris Paul and all of a sudden they're, they have a real chance at being the top seed in the West.
0: I've never, I've never seen anything like the turnaround in that team because of Chris Paul. Um, Right.
1: And last year, Oklahoma city did the same thing. Everybody thought, Oh, Oklahoma city, they traded Russell Westbrook. They traded Paul George. This is going to be, you know, a down year for them. Chris Paul is going to get traded early in the season. And then they were a five seed and they were better than, uh, than they had been with Westbrook and Paul George. Uh, so that I'm, it seems like people started to come around on Chris Paul a little more. I get that he's annoying sometimes, but sometimes you got to be annoying to win games when you're, you know, six foot, 175 pounds in the NBA. Literally,
0: You can quote him on that. Sometimes you have to be annoying to win games. Um, I just think that, like you said, I mean, the way he made them a fifth five seed and now the Suns are just so good. For so long, Devin Booker was putting up crazy numbers and they were losing for so long. And then all of a sudden, all it takes is a veteran guard to come in and just make them one of the best teams in the league. His impact on a team, because you always talk about the veteran leadership and it really is so pivotal in some team success, having those guys in the locker room. But when the veteran is still playing, like, in a sense... They're in their prime and you add that to a young star like Devin Booker. It's just, it's so exciting to watch, Um, especially for a smaller market team like the Suns. I'm really enjoying their success
1: right now. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. And I'm really happy for Booker because he's always been a great player and it's never been his fault that the team (laughs) has been bad. Uh, So him having a really fun supporting cast where the team is built around him and Paul. And I mean, Booker is still like he just turned twenty four it's It's pretty crazy how young he still is, yeah, uh, and this is gonna be his fifth season in a row, averaging at least twenty two points a game. Uh, yeah he's one of the best young players that we have to watch, and it's great that they've built a team around him and Chris Paul that you know can actually compete and not only compete but you know beat up on a lot of teams,
0: okay, let's say this is my burner take, right. This is my hot take. It's not really a hot take, but here we go. I'm so tired of seeing people give up on James Wiseman. So sick of it. Okay. Why is that? (laughs) It's become so... People have grown to expect so much of these young players because we've seen young players come in and be so good automatically that we forget how developing developing a player is oftentimes not instant. And I think LaMelo this season is making people want to rush the success of a guy like Wiseman. Um, And then you have Edwards, who has recently been really good. But you have to think about, I mean, my mind goes to the mentality of all of it, right? So like beyond the play, and I'll get to that next, but a guy like LaMelo literally has been in this. He's been ready for this. He's been ready for this level for so long with his family. You know what I mean? Like, this amount of pressure has been instilled in him constantly. And then you have a guy like James Wiseman, who had a less than ideal start to his career um, in Memphis. He's 19. Okay. He is 19. And the thing is, I I could shout this from the rooftops. Big men often take longer to develop. Am I right to say that? Like, yeah. It's so much different adjusting to the NBA game. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like people are so quick to give up on him when in reality, like, give him time and let him develop. Because, like, from what I saw in the limited time he was at Memphis, like, that man is a unicorn. Like, he is a full-on unicorn, and he could be so special, and I think he's going to be so special.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to to. Talk about it because we've gotten, I think, a little too comfortable, you know, getting used to the idea of these guys are going to come into the league and as rookies, they're going to be incredible right away. Right. Like we saw that with guys like Luka and Trey Young and obviously Lamella is ja, having an excellent ja, season, ja, 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 ja. ja Morant, Zion, yeah, etc. Uh, yes, I'm glad you threw that in there. I'm surprised I forgot. There are guys like Ja Morant, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic, etc. in recent years where... uh they've seen so much success early on that we look at guys who haven't, you know, been unbelievable in their first year or two and we're like, Oh, well what's wrong with that guy. Right. And, and the reality is, uh, despite, you know, the influx of like these immediate stars that we've had, uh, it doesn't change that a lot of young guys need time to develop. And that's the case for someone like Wiseman. Mm -hmm. And it's also the case for Anthony Edwards in Minnesota, who, you know, has struggled a bit as a scorer. But then the other night, he puts up, I think, 41 points against the Suns. Uh, And that's, you know, a sign of, you know, progression from him. And, you know, that's what you got to look for. Not every rookie is going to be a home run right away. A lot of guys, you're looking for, you know, incremental development. And then, you know, once they're a few years into their career, they're ready to go.
0: I mean, yeah. Then you also have to expect that the ones who do come in so hot, like LaMelo, are going to eventually have a little slump and then everyone's going to be really hard on them because they've seen their potential. But, you know, like it's, it's an obvious thing to say, but like people learn how to defend them. Right. Like people learn how to play them. I mean, we saw with John Morant, like he has not been able to drive to the basket nearly as much as he was before and attempt those dunks. Thank God, because I wanted to have a heart attack every time, but I mean, yeah. So he's kind of been forced to try to develop an outside shot, which he's been struggling with a lot because people aren't playing him for the three. And so a guy like that now is in a position where he has to learn. He has to get a more reliable shot. And once he does, he'll be able to do more what he wants to do, you know, and that's not something he necessarily had to face last season because he was so successful. Gosh. I'm gonna. One day, we're gonna do a whole episode. John Morant, come on, burners and basketball podcast.
1: Hey, listen, you're the one who who got the John Morant follow on Twitter. So if anybody's getting John Morant on, it's you.
0: Okay, that that is thing we can work on. You guys, you heard it here first. We're gonna yep. we're gonna try to get John on the podcast. Okay, listen, everyone. If you have any hot takes that you want to be on the show, tweet them out and hashtag it. Burn or hashtag,
1: yeah. Hashtag burner take. Also, if you want to interact with us, we're going to get into some Q and a type stuff at some point soon. Uh, send in questions, takes, etc. cetera. Uh, Burners and basketball at gmail.com should be easy enough to remember. <laughs> uh, and then uh, leave a rating and review. Of course we would love a five-star review. Please. We jumped into the top 200 Apple charts after <gasps> our first episode. which was very fun. And let's see if we can, uh, you know, get even higher this time.
0: Yeah. Give them, (laughs) motivate them. Listen to our podcast. Tell your friend to listen to our podcast. Tell your neighbor, tell your, my, the guy who works at my local, um, my favorite local restaurant told me he listened to the podcast. So you guys, the pressure is on. Tell everyone, you know, and we thank you for listening to episode two of Burners and Basketball. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Molly Hannah M. He's on Twitter at Sixers Adam. We are both on Twitter at Burners and V-Ball. I hope you all have a wonderful day.